0: Ващи. Ващи.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Sarah McQuaid. Sarah is from America, but is located over in the UK. She does very well for herself as a touring musician out there, as you will find in this conversation, which uh, it left me a bit embarrassed when I when I was like, "Why don't you want to play bar gigs?" She's like, "Because I can sell out small theaters." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh." <laughs> oh i see (laughs) but that is so lovely i love that and you know what not hating on bar gigs nothing against bar gigs but i know exactly what she's saying (laughs) and you'll hear what she's saying uh once we talk about that uh her new album which is fantastic it's just hauntingly beautiful she recorded it in an old church called, and it's called the St. Buren, Buren. Oh man, the St. Buren Sessions. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's what it is. You can find a link to her album in the show notes, so go and make sure you support Sarah. Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful album, and it was all recorded acoustically in this church. It's all natural reverb. I mean, it's just. Gorgeous sounding, my God! And her voice is incredible, of course. And her songs are great. And um, she just holds so much weight with just her and her instruments. And yes, I did say multiple instruments. Um, she is a multi-instrumentalist and just a huge talent. So Sarah McQuade will be coming on the show here shortly. Oh, wait! Before I get too far, let's go and check out sarahmcquade.com, and that's S-A-R-A-H mcquaid.com. Go get yourself some Sarah McQuade.com. But first, go to randommystique.com. Random Mystique has a new single out called "Ready, Set, Go." I want to say "Run, Sonic, Run," but it's "Ready, Set, Go," and it's about a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Dr. Eggman. It's fantastic, fun for the whole family song. And uh, hey, you never know—you might see it in the new Sonic one day. You never know. It's <laughs> silly. Raina is also streaming four days a week on Twitch, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And it just, that's all Eastern Standard Time, by the way. You can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch. We stream Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us on uh, on all the social medias. All the links are in the show notes. You can uh, you can like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the whole Discord. We got Discord. It's all in the show notes, folks. Go click around. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and on Twitch. You can also leave a review for the show now this is a free thing for you to do and it's awesome because it supports it supports the show a lot so come on through and leave a review on uh on your apple itunes or anywhere you can leave a review it it definitely helps us you can also support the show monetarily and get a t-shirt from our threadless store we speak english good.threadless.com that link is in the show notes, so go get yourself some. A WSEG shirt or a Woo! T-shirt or all that good stuff. Uh, my band, JT and the Conspiracy, has a new song out, and it's called Love, Drunk, Wasted. Go check that song out. It's The link's in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes, folks. Go down there, click around, get familiar. Just, just get in there. Just play with it. Just jiggle it around a little. <laughs> Silly. Uh, this Friday we have Chibs uh, of the of 1001 po- uh, songs that make you want to die uh, I was on the show, I'll be coming back on the show We did, uh, with Arms Wide Open, a song from Creed And uh, I-, I love their podcast and the guys are funny They're, He's Aussie as fuck And we-, we talk a lot about what's going on And that's on Friday on the audio stream On the audio po- on the audio feed, oh my god <laughs> On the podcast feed we have Chibs coming uh, He's Australian and we talk a lot about what's going on right now in Australia with the lockdown measures and uh, Just I mean, there's just parts of, of Australia that people just don't go anymore and it's just like that's North Korea now, I guess <laughs> and We don't go there uh, So it, it's getting really weird and now I saw that they're going to be implementing a $5,000 fine for anyone. I think any workers rejecting uh the, the the jab so there you go that's how a first world country turns into an authoritarian dictatorship right there son <laughs> although it seems like the premiers are running stuff so it's not technically a dictatorship but it's very authoritarian if i do say so myself anyways chibs is coming on for a happy jaunty talk on friday so stay tuned for that Uh, This week on the live stream, this Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash we speak English good at we have a mosaic. We have they are Latinos from Coachella. Uh, They are fantastic reggae outfit and uh, we'll be chatting with them. Uh, So come on through. Uh, and I think that's it for now. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! We do have a live music stream coming up on the twenty second. That's October or November twenty second, two thousand and whatever this year is, twenty one. There you go. So come on through. It's just gonna be me and Jason doing the, uh, the the duo. I'll be on the keys. He'll be on the guitar. It'll be a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I really really enjoyed uh, playing music with Jason last time, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to doing it again. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, I think that's it. Sorry, I'm yawning at you guys. <clears throat> I stayed up really late last night watching Made, and I'm fucking dying. So, all right, I'll see you guys on the other side. Everybody, enjoy this conversation with Sarah Music. Dot. <clears throat> Bye. Are you a fan of professional wrestling, Sarah? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
2: <laughs> Although it's always entertaining. Sometimes it has happened that I've been on tour and, you know, you get to a hotel room late at night and you switch on the TV just to see What's on, yeah. and uh, and sometimes it has been professional wrestling, and 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 you get kind of glued to the screen, <laughs> don't you? You know, it's kind of hard to look away. It's a big car crash or something.
1: It it is, it is. It, it's um, it it's. Uh, I don't watch it much anymore. Um, it, it, it's just lot. I've lost interest in it completely. But it's uh, I still love the the you know the nostalgia of it as a kid. It was a really fun thing to watch. Me and my dad would watch. It. me and my uncle would watch it. So. You know, it was a, uh, it was just something fun, but yeah, it is kind of like a car crash. Um, uh, what was it? They, what do they call it? They call it soap operas for for grown men or something. <laughs> it's like for men, soap <laughs> operas for men. Um, I, because because there's storylines about it, you know and. The thing is, everybody calls it fake, but people really do get injured with it. So it, it, oh, yeah, it's exactly. it's an interesting. It's an interesting sport. i don't I don't know if you can call it a sport because there's no real winners or losers uh, because it's all planned. And at the end of the day, you're just destroying your body. So I don't know who wins. I mean, I guess if you make a lot of money, you win or or whatever, fame and such. but uh, I don't know. health is wealth, as they say. Uh, so how are, how are you doing? How is your day going? All right, I've been I've been packing up CDs and put you've probably been
2: seeing me on the video while I've been you can see me and you can see me doing all kinds of things, putting <laughs> things into envelopes and yeah. printing out labels and yeah, I'm sending out all the pre-orders of my new album today. So uh, yeah. it was kind of nice to be able to just kind of get on with that while I was waiting for the show to start.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're entertaining you're... At
2: the same time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do <know> entertaining <laughs> that was, but I, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, and of course, everybody, right now, um, Sarah's latest album just came out the 15th, right? The October 15th, yeah, and it's the Saint Burian, I can't say it Burian, right. Burian <laughs> sessions, Burian, and, and it's a like beautiful, burian, you know, Burian, see. Burian, yeah. okay, yeah. like Burian. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, it's a beautiful album, and I was actually going to, let's see. Uh, and if you guys look in the chat, you guys can go straight to a um, a link to where you can find uh, uh, the album on any of the platforms you stream on, and, of course, is Sarah's website. Go check her out. Um, yeah, it, it's a really beautiful album, and uh, it's, it's so, St. Buried Sessions you called it that because you were recording it in a church, correct? And, and it's called yeah, the that's right. church. Yeah, that's right. Can you kind of give us a, a little background on this album and what sort of brought you into, you know, into making this and doing it the way you did?
2: Well, what happened was, um, back in March, 2020, uh, I was on tour in, uh, in Germany and I was just two weeks into what was supposed to be a three month tour. And, uh, we, you know, we were starting to hear rumors of COVID right at the start of the tour, and and of course everybody knows what happened. It it, it hit big time, and we had to dash home and get the ferry back to England. And then we got home, and we we're like, okay, what do we do now? And uh, I've been wanting for a long time to make a live album. Uh, I I think there's something that kind of comes out in the live performance that you don't necessarily get in the studio, and uh, my wonderful manager and sound engineer Martin Stansbury had the bright idea of going ahead and doing an, a live album, but without an audience. And because we didn't have an audience, we could film the whole thing and, uh, you know, get some really good quality um, video, which is something I needed, and, and uh, you know, get a, get a whole camera crew in. And because there was no audience, they could run cameras around on track and get right into my face and so on. And, and at the same time, um, capture the live performance. And Martin put these lovely little pairs of microphones all around the space to, to get the sound of the building as well as close micing me. And, and I think he just did an amazing job. And the reviewers so far seem to think so, too. Oh, my God.
1: Now, I'm just curious, is all that reverb, just the natural space reverb that's, that you hear? Oh, my God, yeah. is so lush and beautiful. Uh, I'm, I, I do engineering, too, so, like, as soon as I hear, like, good sound or anything, like, you, any interesting sounds or anything like that, and there is a very beautiful, haunting, uh, um, just, just reverb that, that, uh, that place gives off. Um, was, was that a, uh, was that a big part of why you wanted to use that place? Why, why St. Burion?
2: Well, I wanted to use a place um, where I felt comfortable singing Mm. and I've sung a lot in there because I sing sing with a couple of different choirs that rehearse there, the church choir and then also a a local community choir that I sing with rehearses there. And I'd sung at weddings and at funerals and so on in the church and I just knew it was a beautiful space acoustically Mm. and a space I knew I'd be happy singing. And it's also just a beautiful building as you can see in the videos it's yeah. just gorgeous it's yeah, it's absolutely. um it dates from between the 11th and 16th centuries wow. and uh all this lovely woodwork and stone and stained glass so i knew it would make a beautiful background for the videos as well and 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 i've i just felt like the space itself would supply some of the magic that you don't get from ha- from having an audience that nor- you know that normally you'd normally the live performance is kind of sparked by the audience yeah and i thought the <coughs> the space would kind of do that job
1: yeah yeah definitely i mean it just you know because because it, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't play like a live album it, it sounds like you went into the studio and you did you know a, a solo acoustic album except for one that was really interesting is dig any deeper um you you actually build harmonies on that, and um, yeah, I do that live in concert too, so you're live looping that. <coughs> Yeah. Oh, but really Martin cool.
2: does it all from the desk end. I, I just all I have to do is sing the parts <laughs> and he's the one who loops loops them in time, you know, which is I dead you. handy. You don't have to mess around with foot pedals.
1: Yeah. Is that something that you take on the road with you when you go? Yeah. Do you do, you, do, you do looping, live looping and stuff on the road or do you keep it very? Yeah. Pure? Oh, OK. So so you're used to that kind of thing where you'll you'll run your uh, you'll run your system through there and loop vocals and harmonies and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything you hear on the album—that's that's that's exactly how we do it in concert as cool. well.
1: That's awesome. Um, no, yeah. The 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 sound of the the church—it's just—it's just something that uh, really sticks out to me. What were you? Uh... Uh, is there like a certain kind of energy that the church gives off? Like, I I know that's kind of a, a woo-woo kind of question, but is there a certain energy that you were feeding off of that the church gave you?
2: Yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 even, even Morgan, the filmmaker, the, yeah. who, you know, the director of the, of the uh, um, video and the film, um, he said, he said, you know, there's a lovely, warm feeling in this church and you don't you don't get that in every church you know some of them can feel quite cold very but but that one is it's a really 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 lovely warm welcoming feeling church as churches go so i I figure good stuff must have happened in there you
3: know
1: (laughs) yeah no no for sure no I, i i completely agree with that 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 some places um some churches can feel very just cold and sterile almost just something weird about it are are you uh are you a religious person i do do you you practice
2: i i mean i do i i i'm a philosophical person you Mm. know yeah for sure i I think a lot i think a lot about about uh religion and Mm. and philosophy and 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 i i i do go to church you know I, i i love going i i i love Everything about it, the the just getting together with other human beings and in a in a beautiful space and in and, and listening to you know listening to somebody talk about bigger things than just, you know. What you're having for dinner, and you know how are you gonna? <laughs> who's doing the shopping tomorrow? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to spend an hour out of your week listening to, thinking about the big stuff. You mm-hmm.
1: know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I I grew up Catholic, but uh but uh, I I don't practice like that, and I've I've drifted very far from that, but as I've gotten older in life, you know, go into these, these different ceremonies for different family members. Um, I, there, there's a huge, if, if the, if, if the priest or the minister is, um, is lackluster, then I feel like I'm wasting my time there because it's just like, I feel like they're just sort of going through the motions and, um, and I have my own, like, outlook at religion just from my own personal experience, but just, just, I I don't care for people who are just sort of going through the motions, but when you do get someone who is really into what they're doing and they can really use their words as a tool, then it it is something moving and it is something beautiful. Um, Even though I have like sort of this uh, skewed view of religion, I'm finding the beauty in it now, now that I'm older, because I used to have a little, you know, I just, I harbored a lot of resentment towards it. But, but now as I'm older, I'm seeing the the importance of it even to a community. Um, you mentioned community, you know, like it's nice to get together with other people and, and you know, just sort of think about the bigger things together as a, as a people. You know, with with religion sort of sort of dissipating out of society these days, do you think that there is a void that's sort of being left in the wake? I mean, I, I don't know if that's anything that you even pay attention to, but I, or even notice. But I mean, you know, God is not that popular, you know, um, especially here in America. It, it's almost it's almost looked down upon if you if you if you're Christian, you know. I know I had that thought at one time. It's like, oh, you're you're one of those people, you know. And and that's just ridiculous thinking, but 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 it is something. So I, I'm just curious: is it something that you've noticed, and do you think there is a void that's sort of being left behind with sort of the absence of God?
2: Well, the nice thing about voids is they do tend to get filled. You know? <laughs> yeah, they and, do. You know, and I I think you know in in a way, um, if it if it if it becomes more about community and less about God, than that that. That might not be such a bad thing, mm. you know. I, the the I, the big The big problem with religions is is the whole exclusivity yeah, I, thing. I mean, I was brought up Unitarian, so I was brought up to think that all 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 you you know religions are basically the same, and I, I still pretty much hold by that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I
1: mean, they all have similar aspects, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I I, I guess we're all always kind of striving after trying to trying to figure out you know what's out there and what the meaning of it all is and you know that, that people are always going to do that regardless of what they call it whether they call it religion or call it something else i reckon
1: yeah yeah people are always going to try to find meaning is of do you, uh it's the whole people thing yeah yeah I, yeah, I agree. Not yeah. like I <laughs> like those Catholic churches. Oh, calm down. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with Catholic churches or anything like that. It's just uh, it's just I mean, for me personally, it's like I'm not going to go to church unless I have to or if it's something that I'm going to go and, you know, like because someone's uh, getting married or something. But it, but I do I do have an appreciation for performance, and that's what I that and when I see a priest or a cardinal or, or a minister really performing and doing well with it, then it's something that it is moving and it can be touching. But when someone's bad at it and just a bad performer because it is performance you know it is it is uh it is theater it is incense it's lighting it's stained glass windows it's robes it's standing on a on a you know on a stage on a pulpit you know you're 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 out there just you know spreading the word of god and and it's very much a a, a production and uh when <laughs> when the lead actor is terrible at it i just it's just it's it makes me it makes me remember why i lost so much faith in the first place uh religion is great uh, people are the problem. Yeah, I, I I suppose you're right about that, Cartagena. Uh, do you do you agree with that sentiment, Sarah? That religion is great. People are the problem. I don't know. I
2: uh, you know a, a, a lot of people are great. You know? <laughs> a lot of people have done horrible things in the name of religion. That's yes. for sure. And I don't think you know. I, I I I don't think any any. I don't think any religion. You know. In its origins, um, you know, is is worth having horrible things done in its name. Do You know what I mean? I, I don't think I, I, you know, I don't. I, I think anybody who do, anybody who does horrible things in the name of religion hasn't read the message of that religion, right? Whatever it is, you right. know. But uh, yeah, well, it's oh, like you know, all you can do is your you know your best. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people are well intentioned, you know.
1: Yeah, I like to believe that. I like to believe that most people are well intentioned and they they don't have you know ulterior motives. But uh, the horrible reality is is that, that that do people do have you know ulterior motives, and when religion is used for that, it's, it's like a you know as a force of control or something you know, and which has been used like that over the years and. And still can be, you know, it's really interesting. Um, and like right now in the States, I don't know if you're following it, but, you know, we're, we're having this sort of um, uh, about abortion in Texas. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. And, and this is some of that same stuff where people are using religion and they're using these ideologies to control what women do to, the, to their bodies. Um, so, you know, yeah, uh, religion is great in its essence, but man, when the wrong people get, get behind it, it's, uh, it's, or, you know, or use it in a, in a negative way, it can be really detrimental. And I mean, look what it did, you know, for the LGBTQ plus community. It, it, I mean, for so many years, it's just destroyed it and and just made it into this, it's made, you know. That lifestyle into such a it's it's literally uh warped perceptions of of you know of everyone of of just and this is just religion itself. and stuff. I mean, and I'm talking about the U.S. United States right now, and uh, you know, like. The it, it, religion itself has sort of warped everyone's view, whether you believe in God or not. But it, this puritanical belief system has sort of made its way into how we view sex and sexuality, and it's uh, and it's informing everyone, even if you don't believe in any of it. It's still informing us, and it's informing policy, and it's informing, you know, Texas. You know? <laughs> it's so it, it's 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 uh, it's crazy out there. I I don't know what what's your thoughts on this, this whole situation, you know, with, uh, you know, especially with Texas and stuff and how they're using it against people.
2: Oh, I think, yeah, I, you know, whatever happened to Roe versus Wade. And I, yeah. I really, I, I'm worried. I have to say I'm worried. And I'm worried about the current composition of the Supreme court, you know? Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I, I fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just, Oh, I, uh, I, I just hope that that, you know, um, a a, a less restrictive and paternalistic attitude prevails, you know, that's all I can say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. From, you know, you're still an American. Do you still do do you keep up on American news and politics and stuff? Do do, do, do you pay attention to that stuff? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, was there a point during this last couple of years where you had to like check out, or have you gotten more invested into knowing what's going on?
2: Um, I mean, you know, I I I I like to keep informed. Mm-hmm. And and I like to exercise my right to vote.
1: You know? Do you vote from over and, there? Uh, can you vote? From... Our,
2: yeah, yeah, I can oh. vote. I can vote in U.S. elections. Have That's done. So cool. Um, um,
1: That's cool. Great. That's so awesome.
2: Um, and and I vote here too. Although you know, my uh, my votes in in the U.S. Um, seem to have had more effect you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I i voted i voted against uh brexit and um that didn't work and Dre- <laughs> you know i voted oh. for labor in the last election and that didn't, work that didn't every
1: pan year, out so. yeah, well, yeah well you know i try well, you try, you try, you try to stay up to date and you try to vote for what you feel is right. And and that I, I appreciate that because there's so many people. It, it's really sad, especially here in America, where like, what was it? They're proud about 80 million votes, but like, uh, what was it? What, how many people actually voted this year? It was like the most in a long time, but it was still like less than half of the population or something. It was. Yeah. It, that- it's crazy how much people have to say about these issues but they won't go out and vote about it or or do anything else about it other than complain on Facebook or Twitter you know so it's a very uh very uh we we, we don't get much done other than complain to each other on on Facebook and and that's a problem you know it, it, all these uh all these social media social justice warriors who who are getting mad and want to cancel people, but they're not out there voting. You know, it, it's very, it's, it's very confounding. I don't, I don't really get it myself, but, uh, uh, it's the, whole, oh yeah. Um, well, speaking of Brexit, you know, I, I've, I've been talking to a lot of musicians and, um, you know, and, and you're about to go on tour. Uh, how has Brexit, uh, affected your touring and your travels? Oh, it's horrible.
2: I mean, I used to, I, you know, I've, I've always depended on touring in continental Europe, in Germany and Netherlands, you know, they're kind of two of my biggest touring territories, and now all of a sudden I have all these headaches and hassles that I didn't have before. I'm still going to find a way to tour over there, but it just means I have to go through all these processes like... um, organizing a carne which costs a few hundred quid so you know that's that's one gig gone right there to pay for the car- carne and the, which What's is it? this what? document that you have to have oh. that shows all the equipment that you're bringing through and oh, it all has to be checked and signed and everything like that and uh, and it costs money to get it yeah. and then there's customs and bringing in merch for sale and you know all this uh, some countries it involves work permits and stuff um so yeah it's a it's a complete Nightmare, and it was totally unnecessary. And oh, it's just been disastrous for the country as well. I mean, England is kind of you know on its knees now. We don't, we don't, the crops are rotting in the field because there aren't people to pick them. And oh, wow, you know, goods are uh, they're 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 having to cull all these pigs because there's nobody to work in the slaughterhouses oh, and so they're just killing pigs without them being used for food which is just appalling i that think is the,
1: a word no that's and, happening um, here as well the, um,
2: yeah no it's just a uh, massive massive act of self-harm <laughs> i'm wondering it.
1: it's so interesting like I, I it it feels like you know a lot of a lot of these quote-unquote first world countries are sort of doing this weird self-harm thing it does feel like we're actually like really trying to to like impede our growth impede progress and it it, it, i i don't know why why would we want to do this to ourselves but i mean yeah um, i i don't know And, and like the only thing I could think of, the only thing that makes it worth it to, you know, the people that are benefiting from this is is his money and, and and power. You know what I mean? So like I don't I, I don't know why we would impede growth like this. Uh with Brexit, what what were are some other things that you're seeing uh that's that's affecting you personally?
2: Um just just mainly the whole touring in Europe thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh... And then just everything's everything's getting more expensive and harder to get. I'm seeing empty shelves in the grocery stores. You know that's all because of Brexit. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it's pretty depressing to be honest. You know, it is. It was just such a spectacularly bad move, and uh, and everybody's you know all the all the people who voted for it are are all. Just going well. It's done now, so let's move on. And it's like, okay, well, you know, can we all agree it was a really bad idea? Try and do something about it. You know? That's so strange. Why?
1: Why do people? I don't understand. It's like once they're once it's wrong and you know it's wrong. It's like people just have the hardest time admitting that they were wrong. Uh, I I don't know what. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Once, especially these politicians, like why do you think that they just can't ha- handle? you know any kind of uh uh uh, criticism and and take it as you know or or uh or admit to what they do i'm trying to think of the right word but my brain is like not working right so yeah
2: no they basically they won't they they won't ever 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 say i've made a mistake and it would be so nice if they did you know i I would actually have maybe a tiny bit of actual respect for them. <laughs> <Exactly>. Accountability. <laughs> they That's what I'm
3: it. Yeah, accountability.
2: There yeah. You go.
1: No one wants to take accountability. For um, I'm so jealous of my friend for being an a- EU citizen. I can't imagine how pissed you must be to have that taken away, not to mention the effects on the country at large. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I still am a, an EU citizen myself because I've got Irish citizenship, so I'm I'm still technically all right, but you know coming if I'm coming from the UK I still despite the fact that I'm an Irish citizen, I still have to deal with all the hassles of customs and carnets and stuff like that because I may be Irish but anything I'm bringing over with me plus my um, again my manager and sound engineer Martin he's English mm. um, so you know then that becomes a whole nother headache you know if I, I still haven't figured out yet. Um, a lot of you know there's there's still so many unanswered questions. Like I've been I've been trying to answer the question. Everybody says, well, customs duty is such and such on on CDs and that ring in for sale. You know CDs and T-shirts and stuff. We mm-hmm. travel with a van full of merch. I ask the question, well, is the value the retail value or is the value the manufacturing cost? Nobody can give me an answer. <laughs> What? it's like you think you think somebody would know, you know.
1: Yeah, especially if they're going to be taxing for it. Is like how do they yeah. how do they assess it? You know, like how if they don't know, how are they going to assess it? Do they just have a flat fee? I mean, like what what is it, the crazy thing is is that all these like the these these crazy impositions that they're putting um, you know, I, you might have heard that they they want to do the six hundred dollars uh, those uh, transactions with Venmo and PayPal, and which affects us because a lot of our transactions happen on there. I don't know if you use Venmo or Cash App or any of those apps to sort of transfer money, but the in the United States they're gonna start anything that's over six hundred dollars. They're gonna start looking into. Um, the IRS is going to look into it to make sure that you're you're paying your taxes, which it, it, it affects, you know, gig workers like us. We we play. I'm a musician, by the way. <laughs> um, I, 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 and, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, these these people who, who these billionaires who don't really pay taxes, who have these offshore shelter, tax shelters, um, you know, we're not taxing the rich, really. So they're going to enforce, you know, they're going to force, you know, the IRS to 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 dig into our stuff and tax us heavily. And they're going to have to. And and I heard something like they're going to make the banks do it. So they're going to make the banks pay for it, too. So they're implementing all these new policies and I don't know who's thinking about it, but you got to hire people to like look into these things, you know, like with Brexit, even, you know, you have to hire more people to do this. So it's like if the economy and, and you know, the, the Treasury is already like overspending and all this stuff, how in the world, you know, like how do you have the money to pay for new people and pay for all these people? It's like these border patrol things, like how are we going to get all these new border people in there? What is this? What is this? Join what? Jo- first time check from viewer. What is this? Get out of here. Banned. <laughs> Band. Banhammer. <laughs> Doesn't really affect us. We pay our taxes. Yeah. <laughs> They're warning people to start their Xmas shopping early because there's a still a shortage on a lot of the industries. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, the Irish must be a little uh, spitefully happy to see the British shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> is that true? Is the Irish happy to see the British shoot themselves in the foot?
2: I don't know of any Irish people who are spiteful, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but but the thing is, they've you know they've shot everybody in the foot. It's not just it's not just the British who are affected. There's a big issue at the moment with um you know the border between the republic of ireland and northern ireland and Mm. customs and stuff like that and that's that affects irish people directly even if they don't come anywhere near uh britain so it's it's just a horrible mess of a situation and i just i wish we could just turn back the clock i wish it never i wish we could turn back the clock about so many things you know Um, oh well yeah hopefully it'll get better
1: I, uh, you, you, well we, well, we can only hope. We can only hope. I don't know if this is rock bottom, but you know, you know what they say once you hit bottom, the only way to go up or the only direction to go is up. So I don't know if this is our bottom as a world, as a society, as a world population, but you know, if it is, then that means it can only get better. So, <laughs> but I feel like it can get a lot worse. So, uh, I think it could. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sadly. I, I was trying not to say that. but you know. No, no. I mean, especially at the beginning of the po- uh, podcast, at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, how many people were thinking like, you know, this is it. You know, how many people were like, you know, buying all these groceries, buying guns like it, it, it got at the beginning when no one knew what was going on. You know, everyone was thinking is like this is it, or at least this could be it, where you know society falters and 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 you know no order, there's no laws, there's nothing anymore. It's just back to just brutal, dark ages type behavior, and um, I don't know that I I think that's something that it is a possibility still. I don't like to think of it as a possibility, but I think it it could be a possibility. If things go too far, I I don't know. Do you think that's still something that could happen?
2: Oh yeah, I mean yeah. I think I think it can. Things can get worse, you yeah. know.
1: It's like when you. Look, I worry
2: about the number of people who have guns.
1: Yeah, <laughs> especially here in America, is like um, oh here too. <laughs> is it really? There's a lot of people with guns in in Ireland. Um. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I everywhere. thought they I is thought they were they? outlawed in the UK.
2: Um, they are, but people can still get them. Ah. Do you know? Gotcha. Everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. That. That's. Uh. You, I mean.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's not as easy. You can't walk into a. You know. A. A. a Walmart and buy a gun. Right. <laughs> so I guess that's something. But. Uh...
1: <laughs> it's a little harder. It's a little harder. Yeah. America definitely just has guns everywhere. Um. I at the beginning of the show I was talking about some friends in Australia who are who were like, you know, who were, were almost wishing that they had guns because of what's going on over there. Have you been, have you paid attention to what's going on in Australia at all? And just the lockdown measures?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know they've been trying really hard to contain COVID. Um,
1: yeah. but
2: uh, To a point, yeah. to,
1: a, to a point where people are not happy about it and, and marching in the streets and beating on cops. And it's a mess over there. And you know, it's, it's, there's some people who are saying it's like if they wouldn't have outlawed our guns, this wouldn't have happened. And, and I, I don't like to think about that. I don't like violence at all. But there is a point to there is a point there is if, if, it, uh, if they were armed, maybe things would be a little different. But how horrible would that be if they're trying to lock down people and the people are just shooting at each other in such a manner? So I, I don't know. I, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to say yay guns. I'm just saying there is a point to be made that, uh, you know, an armed country is, you know, they can defend themselves at least, but, uh, I, I don't know. Are, are you completely just no guns?
2: Oh, yeah, I will. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, am i am a pacifist. You
1: know? <laughs> no, yeah, I feel you.
2: But, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I but I have, you know, I I I have friends who, you know, who need guns because they, you know, they live in the country, you know, mm-hmm. and have farms and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, I recognize that some people have to have them, but yeah. I, I certainly think it should be controlled. I do. <laughs> and too. I wouldn't want to have one myself. I <laughs> would certainly wouldn't I, want anyone I any, agree anywhere near me.
1: I, I agree with you. Well, I wanted to get a gun, but I've come to the conclusion it's just not a good thing for it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit for me. There was
2: a there was a really good. Um, uh, do you remember there was that shooting in in in, uh, in there was an incident to do with a concert in Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, and and this uh, one of the security guys for the artist in question was interviewed afterwards and was saying you know what we had guns mm-hmm. and they were absolutely no good to us right. you know he, he said he said it, it really it really um brought home to him the lesson that yeah. a gun does not keep you safe you know
1: yeah so, no so that was also. really
2: good i hope i hope a lot of people you know got that message and and learned something from it
1: I don't think they did. I think they missed that one. <laughs> people People, I mean, when you look at the amount of guns that were sold over the pandemic, I mean, it's just the most guns ever sold, you know? So... You know, I, I I agree with you. They do need to be controlled and they don't, you know, nobody needs these big automatic weapons. I get that people live out in yeah. the farms. I get that people want home protection, but it doesn't need to be, you know, bazookas. You know what I mean? Like no. we don't know exactly. We don't yeah. need flamethrowers to to protect one's home. So it, it's it, it's a little out of hand and 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 you know, we especially here in America, we have this huge thing about privacy and and, which you, you know, uh, the, people don't want you digging around in their backgrounds. But I, I think if you're going to own something as powerful and as deadly as a, as a gun, that maybe having a little bit of background check isn't a bad thing, right? Like maybe yeah. if this person is prescribed to, you know, lithium and, and has been, you know, hospitalized... A few times over the last few years, then maybe we should reconsider giving that one that person an M16. You know, maybe I don't well,
2: know. I don't think there's any reason for for anyone to have you know <laughs> M16. I know, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, it's I think it's one thing, you know, but um, yeah.
1: no, I I agree with you. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, but uh, man, it's, it's 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 a weird thing. I mean, especially here in America, you, you, I'm sure you're very familiar with how how much Americans love their guns, so. Um, as soon as, as soon as Tom Hanks got COVID, people got concerned. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about there, but uh, I can walk into your average garage sale, buy a gun. It's wild out here in the States. Yeah, absolutely. If there were no guns, people would still find ways, tools that would serve as the same kind of purpose. Yeah, uh, someone in Britain, one of the uh, uh, someone in Parliament just got stabbed to death, right? Yeah. yeah people yeah. were stabbing people. Uh, yeah, you can take the guns away. People are going to still find ways to kill other people unfortunately uh, yeah. let's see uh same kind of purpose much smaller impact you can't kill dozens of people in a short period of time with a knife yeah just uh, yeah. very true people have to get creative uh gotta make a quicker okay thank you Rana. uh yeah no it, it's i mean it's true it, it, even with guns now, are guns completely banned in the UK or is it just you can have them no. with special? Per- OK, so they're completely banned.
2: You can have a permit to have to, you know, to have a two or whatever, you know, uh-huh. if you need to shoot rabbits.
1: Yeah. If you got to have it, <laughs> just go get a permit. <laughs> um, yeah. It, even even with uh, even with that gun ban, people are still finding way. I mean, because there, there has been a rise in stabbings, hasn't there been a rise in stabbings in the last few years over there?
2: I don't know. Um, I don't know if there has or or, or, or not. Possibly.
1: Um, yeah, I'm over here <laughs>
3: you're, you're googling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Oracle. Oh, no, let me see. Uh, knife crime stats. Knife crime rises. New record. Forty-four thousand offenses. October two thousand nineteen. Post-lockdown economy knife crime in UK closely tracks economic hardship, experts say. Nah. So there you go. And That'd that's from NBC nice News. It? The Guardian hits a record high in 2019. So yeah, so, you know, there you go. Hey, Wallace, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Welcome in. Um, yeah, so, you know, people people find a way to murder. <laughs> that's we, we got it deeply instilled in us. We know how to do that. Uh, terrible. But you know, such is life. I, I do want to get to this question. Bonnie was asking, what is your favorite book? And and I see you guys got a lot of books back there. And and so I I'm sure this is not going to be an easy answer for you. So uh, Bonnie wants to know, what's your favorite book?
2: Oh, I don't I, I, I love so many um, <laughs> books. I I'm i am I was just talking this morning about
1: Good Night Moon. <laughs> oh, I love Good Night Moon. Good Night
2: <laughs> we, we have a friend who, who has a who has a three year old, and mm. was talking about like what books to buy for the three year old, and I was like Good Night Moon. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
1: classic. Yeah, um, it's a
2: classic. Yeah, yeah, my, classic. But you know, I, I mean, I'm 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 always reading, um, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I have a particular fondness for a lot of kind of children's books. I'm quite sentimental about them. You know, The Wind oh. and the Willows, uh-huh. and, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think what, I, um, what I've, uh, I've just been recently reading a really interesting book by a writer called Marianne Wiggins that's quite good. It's called John Dollar. John, and yeah. uh, strange, sort of a dreamy book you
1: know, John um, dollar, like a, like a yeah. dollar bill.
2: Yeah. 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 It's, it's really weird. It's I I can't quite figure out what's going on with it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm still, the end I'm of it still trying see. to figure I it have, out. I have a feeling where, yeah, I'm still, I have a feeling. It's one, going to be one of those books you get to the end and then you have to go back and reread the first chapter and go, ah, um, yeah, I see you know? <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those are fun. Those are fun. Do you, do you have a, do you have an author that you uh, particularly like? No, like, oh, um, or like what's a couple authors that you particularly like
2: oh gosh um oh uh, you know um Jane Austen George Eliot you know all those kind of classic. classics yeah. I'm just trying to think of who's who's recent that I really like sorry I'm looking at the shelves over <laughs> there thinking what have I been reading lots of recently I tend to I tend to go on jags of reading a particular author and, uh-huh. and and then i have to get everything they've ever written <laughs> and uh other than sometimes you get disappointed i i i got really into one writer recently i can't think who it was i'm just blanking on the name and um and so like went on eight books and ordered like everything she'd ever written yeah and then I as i was reading it i was just gradually getting more and more disenchanted
1: and going ah you're not yeah, that that yeah, that that does stink when when authors just sort of fall off and you're just like, "Ugh." Um, f- oh, your favorite classic author- authors. Well, Jane Austen. She said Jane, Jane Austen. Jane Austen is
2: pretty classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. fond of
1: Jane Austen. Um, as a comparison, London had about 1.6 1.6 homo- 6 homicides per 100,000 people in ni- 2017. Baltimore had 56 per 100,000, and no, I didn't forget a decimal. Okay, wow. So, I mean, comparatively, yeah, London has way less murders than Baltimore, and I'm guessing that's probably because there's not a lot of people out there just shooting people. I mean, the thing about stabbing someone is, like, you really have to want to stab. I mean, the the ease of pulling a trigger compared to, like, stabbing, Stabbing someone is just much, you know, like you really want someone to die if you're out there to stab someone. But you can accidentally shoot somebody, you know, you don't you're not accidentally stabbing someone to death multiple times, you know. So it's like, yeah, small children
2: don't generally accidentally get hold of a knife that their dad left in an unlocked cupboard and shoot, you know, and kill somebody with it.
1: Right, right. So, yeah. So there you go. Gun safety, folks. Uh, If you're going to have one, make sure everyone knows how to use it um properly properly good i grew up in ohio so gun safety is a big thing here um uh where where'd you grow up i grew up in chicago ah what uh, what side what part time south side Hyde park hey watch out south side uh, did, did you enjoy your time in chicago do you remember it yeah uh, uh, yeah how old were you when you when you left 13. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, um, so you were there. So
2: then, ahead, then I, yeah. I, so I lived in Chicago from mm. age two until, until I had just turned 14 when we left and, um, then lived in Washington, DC, mm. went, uh, went, to high school in Washington, DC, and then went to college just outside Philadelphia and then moved to Ireland. Oh, that.
1: oh, and then that, <laughs> that was it. You're just like, I'm out of here. What, what made you leave the States? Irish husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that will do it. Huh? You're on slack. Uh, okay. So, so, so you, so you left pretty young. Then you were just right out of school. No, well,
2: in my
1: twenties when yeah. I left. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And and do do you, do you do you I mean, you tour here, so you come back yeah. frequently. It's not like you're not back, but did you ever miss the States? Did you ever miss it here? I mean, you've been there for a while then. So I mean, is it something that you miss or are you completely happy where you're at?
2: I'm completely, I'm completely happy where I am. I I worry about England. I mean, when I first moved to England, it was a great country to live in because we had a really good national health service Mm. and really good trains and really good public transportation and, and you know a good social welfare system and it was like this is how it should be you know this <laughs> is really good and since i've been here the, the the governments that have been in power have just been trying to undo all of that right. and our health service is now in tatters and they keep saying oh well we'll privatize it we'll give it over to the private sector and that'll make everything better it's like yeah like that worked
1: yeah you know? yeah this the states is doing great with that real great yeah
2: yeah, yeah so um yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of kind of depressing but um i you know at least we still have a national health service which was pretty amazing when i when when we first moved to england from ireland i mean even in ireland in ireland um they had this weird system whereby if you went to the hospital you didn't have to pay but if you went to your doctor your your general practitioner then you had to pay for that so of course guess what happens everybody waits till they're really sick and then goes to the hospital you know (laughs) um where and then you know so my kids were two and four when we moved to england and it was just amazing when you had a two-year-old to just be able to go you know there's probably nothing wrong but i think i'll take them to the doctor anyway and just get them checked out because it doesn't cost anything right you know and that that, to me, was a miracle to be able to say that, you know,
1: yeah.
2: to, to just be able to take a kid to the doctor and get it checked out, even, you know, even if the, there is probably nothing wrong, but may as well take, you know, may as well take a look, yeah. whereas just before that when i was still in ireland where it would cost like 40 euro to go to the doctor i'd be go oh gosh well it's probably just a tummy bug you know yeah. you know ah, it'll be all right you know <laughs> yeah it'll be all right i'll wait another day and see if it gets better right. and you know it's that kind of thing it's the kind of thing that makes people get really sick is when they don't get stuff checked out because they're just going to wait and see if it gets better because right. it costs money to get it checked out you
1: know yeah yeah, totally. It, yeah, that makes all the difference. I I remember my aunt who was on a fixed income and she had cancer um, treatments, and uh, we we would go to a hospital and they had like she had to go see like four or five doctors in the same hospital. It was this big Cleveland clinic, and um, we had to uh, you know each doctor we saw in one day cost you know her a copay. And so, even though the copay was like thirty, forty dollars, you do that five or six times, and you're on a fixed income. That's that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, like, there's no, there's no sustaining that. And and and, 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 and you, you, know, it, it, what it, what ended up happening was awful. She ended up passing away because her insurance wouldn't cover the the proper treatment, or the treatment that was working. They wouldn't cover it anymore, and she couldn't afford it. So. Yeah, so, you know, she died. And that's what happens because that's mm. that's what happens when you put money over people. And you just, they're just like, you, you, your, your life is not worth the money it would cost to save. So, peace. Uh, 40 mm. euro. I just got a $3,000 bill from the anesthesiolo- anesthesi- oh, anesthesiologist for a surgery that didn't even go through. They stopped it for safety reasons. I took my girl to a doc a couple months back for a basic checkup, two hundred and fifty dollars with no on-site treatment. Right. So sorry for your loss. Oh, it's okay. La Crayuse. No, this happened a couple years ago. Yeah, people die. It happens. It's just it's just, you know, it, it, it it's sad that it has to be like that. And 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 the fact that people will have to go broke before they die. So they, they not only are they dying and putting that kind of stress on the family, but also financial, they have to bear that financial cost as well, because that money, it just doesn't die with, the the, the, the bills don't die with uh, the person. So all those bills transfer over to the next, whoever takes over the estate. So, a real it, it sucks but you know this is this is how we've done it this is what this is what uh you know focusing on capitalism and, and making it the main source like I I again I, I you guys know this I don't I don't I don't hate on capitalism because it's gotten us where, it's, where we're at now but unchecked capitalism is crazy it is crazy if we just let people just do whatever they want um oh yeah RIP for Colin Powell you know um, yeah <laughs> Even though he was lying about those WMDs, you know, R.I.P., he's still human and we should still, uh, you know, give him the respect they earned just by living. And
2: respect that he did admit it. He did say and he did say he was sorry. Yeah, you know, exactly. And he did say he made a mistake, which is what which is what the politicians in the UK that I'm really pissed off at are not doing. You know, <laughs> right. they will not say Unlike Colin Powell, they will not say mm-hmm. I made a mistake, I got it wrong, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, no big yeah, big ups, big ups to Colin Powell for admitting that. La Correia, I hope you're doing okay, welcome in welcome in, my friend. Um, yeah, no it, 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 it's, I don't know man this this healthcare care system it's crazy and and I don't know how is England with the vaccines is is it is it all divided like like we are over here? how is uh how's the uk with you know is there anti-vaxxers is it a big problem for people
2: there are anti-vaxxers but um i think yeah most uh, you know most people most people are not anti-vaxxers you know Mm -hmm. my um yeah there there were there were a few of them um protesting at the at the health center there um when uh my younger child was going to get vaccinated but yeah it wasn't it wasn't too much of a problem it was just, you know basically just a bunch of bunch of people shouting you know
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um, i mean
2: but it's, uh it's, but i think most people are getting vaccinated which is good
1: yeah, I mean, you got, that, that's what I've been saying. It's like, you want to get vaccinated? Go get vaccinated. The, the, I mean, the only thing that I have a, a real issue is is with people, with, with the idea of forcing people to do it. And I know that it, America, we just have this thing where we don't like to be told what to do. Um, but, but a lot of people have this thing, obviously. I mean, UK, they don't want to be told... Is is it going to become a mandate? Is it something that the general population is going to be mandated, or is that something that they're talking about?
2: No, I haven't heard any talk of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, me neither here. But I, I just I, I know in Canada they're going to start not mandating it, but in order the they're going to start not allowing the seventy two hour testing. I think that's right. My Canadian friends, is that right? I think I think I saw Trudeau on T V. Um, talking about no more uh, tests. It's gonna be <clears throat> you have to show proof of vaccination now. I don't know. It, it, I I I personally have a problem with people being told that they have to do it. And um, but but you know it, it, that that's where I have the problem with. I don't. I I think if you want a vaccine, go get vaccinated. I think that's you know they're there and they work. So go get them. I'm not. You know I'd never tell anybody not to get vaccinated. But it's just, I have a problem with the mandate to, to force people. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you think everyone should just go get vaccinated and, and and if they don't, they should be forced to?
2: I think everybody should go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you could force anybody to, you know. Oh, but, you could. Um,
1: you could definitely. Well, could. Unless,
2: you know, unless you're going to make the country into an authoritarian, you know, regime or something like that, but yeah. Uh, but, yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean i think uh, i i think it's unfortunate that um misinformation gets spread around mm. I, I mean this was true before covid this is true i i you know there are a lot of local cases of kids getting measles because mm. their parents are afraid to have their kids get the mmR vaccine and you know measles can kill you yes. it can make you blind it's a serious illness you know you don't want to get it and mumps and rubella and all all those things that the MMR is meant to protect against uh you know and I I just I, oh it just made me so angry when 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 just this the fear-mongering that that went around about it and and there was a certain amount of fear fear-mongering about about vaccination about the COVID vaccination too I remember I got some I posted a picture of my vaccination cert on Instagram going, yay, I got vaccinated, you know, back when it first came out. And uh, somebody immediately um, was on my Instagram page saying, do you know what's in it? You know, there's <laughs> monkey blood or whatever. And monkey I just blood. block, you know, delete, block.
1: <laughs> well, it, well, it is it is showing. Uh, they are, they did just prove that there is like fetal lining in, in which ones is it? I think it's the Moderna, is it? There is, like, fetal lining in, what is it, Moderna. Um... Vaccine and fetal cell. Line. I think
2: your 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 viewer has a point. No worse than what's in haggis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, same in NYC pissed me off last year. Religious exemptions. Oh.
2: I think they're talking about the MMR maybe.
1: Hmm. Uh, no wor- Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> Bonnie. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah why are fetal cells used in the make vaccines so yeah there are fetal cells in it which bothers some people lots
2: of stuff it has you know, fetal what, cells yeah. have, how many medicines do you take do you look really closely at right what's in well the i middle? think your what doctor p- says you take this it'll make you get better you know right you're
1: not questioning it. uh well i think i think the the problem with it was is that there was some internal documents that got leaked that that were saying that we can't make this public and I think that's the problem. You know, it's like when people start covering things up, that's when people are like, why are you covering things up? Like, why, why did you, you know, like, why did you, you know, why are you doing that? And so it, it causes people to have hesitancy, you know, um, the, the, the I, I, you know, there, there are cases of uh, of where, where young people are getting heart conditions from the vaccine, and, and I'm not spreading the misinformation. This is this is what's happening. There are young okay. people that are getting. There are side effects happening. Again, I'm not trying to disparage the vaccine, but. The fact that uh, what I don't like is is that no one is allowed to even talk about these things. And I think that's the problem is that we're not even allowed to discuss these publicly, these side effects that are happening to people. And, and so uh, that, that's that 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 to me puts up a red flag anytime. time. But, you know, I mean, the, 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 the thing is, is that they are working. The vaccines are working. They do wane. They do They do get less effective as the months roll on that we're finding. So, um, you know, booster shots, probably going to be needed. Uh, do, you, do you think that, uh, would you be okay taking a booster shot every six months forever?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you do with lots of things, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, so flu shots every year. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, whatever, I'm just. Or, or, I'm just if or if you're working in parts of the world that have, like, various, serious bugs you mm-hmm. know the, the hepatitis and whatnot you you've got to you've got to get your jabs. Mm-hmm. so yeah.
1: yeah right on no it, right on uh so it's not quite in the vaccine they were used in the r and d for it and it was fetal cell lines that have been stored for many years and are used pretty regularly in research but they aren't in the vaccine itself mm. so it's used in the yeah. creation of the vaccine Right. Well, somebody somewhere is that's gonna make them mad. Okay. Like somebody, some religious zealots gonna be out there and be like, it's the babies, save the babies. So, you know, whatever. I nearly died from taking the birth control pill. So there's plenty of prescribed medications that we happily take without thinking twice. Absolutely, that have side effects. I'm just saying, all I am pointing out is that On all these medications that you see on TV and and they, you know, whatever, uh, Valtrex, you know, it's a brand new day, you know, it's so whenever you're getting a a herpes flare up, you can take Valtrex, whatever. And then at the end of the commercial, you have this big long line of blah, 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 may cause temporary blindness, you know, like whatever it is. The fact that there's not really any... Side effects listed, or the fact that you can't really even talk about these side effects without getting like, uh, especially on social media. Well, do,
2: in, in, in fairness, now when mm-hmm. you go and get your vaccine, they do give you a list of potential side effects okay. until you watch out for these things. And if this stuff happens, okay. call us. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you start getting i don't know really bad headaches or whatever you know they you, you i remember getting a list of things right. i had to watch out for and things things that weren't a problem and things that were a problem mm. you know and uh nothing that was a problem happened right but you know every i don't think there's a medication in existence that doesn't have side effects you mm. know aspirin can have side effects yeah, I you. Can know? you <laughs> but sure. but you balance the potential side effects against the good that it does mm. and uh you know, generally speaking, in order for a medication to have been approved for use, you know, usually, with rare exceptions, I'm thinking, um, you know, thalidomide or whatever, you know, <laughs> um, remember that, you know, so, so there are cases where people find out afterwards that a medication has a side effect that wasn't realized. But generally speaking, the research has been done to, to show that whatever side effects it might have are Minimal compared to the risk of actually getting the thing that it's meant to be preventing.
1: Well, and that, and and the fact that these companies have been known to lie about side effects in the past. I mean, we can bring up Fenfen, Fen, which was killing people, you know, a lot, They're giving people heart attacks, and of course, the wonderful people that brought us the opiate crisis, but. You know, um, the thing is that bothers me, I think, is that people are putting so much trust. And of course, again, not talking shit about the the vaccine. Go get yourself vaccinated. Don't don't listen to me. Don't listen to the people on the TVs. Go talk to your doctor and make sure it's right for you. But but look, you know, the, the the the. the, the the I think the thing that bothers me is just that the fact that, you know, that these things aren't really made that public. You, you know, you mentioned that they tell you after the fact. And, um, you know, you talk about the research and you, this is a very experimental thing. I All I'm saying is I see the hesitancy. I see why people are not rushing right down to get it, you know. So uh, it, the, the fact that the you know, there's still a lot to be learned about this whole disease. There's the fact that there's still a lot to be learned about the vaccine. I I, I don't think people should be guilted or made to feel less than or be othered um, because they choose to wait and see what's going on. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to shit on anybody's decision to get the vaccine. not shitting on the vaccine itself. Go get the vaccine if you want the vaccine. I don't care. (laughs) But just know that, you know, that these these questions are are quickly getting looked over when it comes to these this problem. you know, it's like these questions are 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 being sort of pushed aside. these questions about, you know the 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 um, you know side effects and and such. So I don't think that that should be pushed aside. I think this should be right in the middle, and we should be all looking at it. We should all be going, and I get why they're not highlighting it because no one wants to go and and potentially take their son or daughter to get some weird heart disease that they didn't have when they were healthy before the thing. So, I can see why they don't want to highlight the 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 side effects because that's going to create more hesitancy. But I do think that being an informed um, consumer is really important too. So. It all depends on your own individual body and how it reacts. Problem is anti-vaxxers are attributing any negative thing they can to the vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody's going to use anything to get their point across. Um, Let me see. They're, they no longer do that. But they, uh, let's see. Modern ones are grown from... Okay, you guys are talking. So cloning then. <laughs> I'm for the vaccine, but I wouldn't give it to any of my kids under 18. Well, There you go. That's your choice. And that should remain your choice. You know, I think that should remain your choice, uh, even though they're they're they're, you know, the, the thing that they're doing now is that they're sort of forcing people through, um, you know, they're forcing people to do things through, um, you know, like, do you want to travel? Do you want your kids to go to school? Do you want to, you know, do you want to cross state lines? Then you need to be vaccinated. So it's a uh, they're, they're, they're not coming out and outright saying you have to, or else. But they are forcing us through other ways that aren't considered authoritarian. Um, so I guess wouldn't be considered authoritarian. I kind of see it authoritarian. Anyways, uh, <laughs> where's your uh, where's your tour going to be taking you then?
2: Um, the the one I'm just setting off on now is just in in the UK, but it's all around the UK. It's mm-hmm. all the way from. Penzance up to Aberdeen and from the the West Coast over to the East Coast, Uh so um, it's it's recovering the whole country. And then next year, hopefully, um, Brexit permitting, I'll be getting over to uh, Netherlands and Germany and Denmark and uh, Belgium in the spring. And then I'll be going over to Ireland in April. And hopefully touring again in the USA in, uh, September, October, I'm supposed to be doing an eight week tour in the USA in September and October of next year. So wow. I really hope that happens.
1: That's awesome. Do you book, do you book these shows yourself or do you, do you, wow. So, um, yeah. So how much time is, is how much time do you allocate towards like business and writing? Like how do you split your, your time there? Because most people don't.
2: Oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's so so much of it is admin, way more of it is is admin that mm-hmm. I'd like, you know, I, I have to, you know, I have to block out time to actually spend on music, you know, I, <laughs> you know, like I, I set aside time to, you know, to rehearse and things like that. And then when I've got a new album coming out, I've got to sit down and yeah. work on writing songs and that, but um, the vast majority of my time I spend doing admin just the, the tour booking and the emails and you know what i've been doing all day today p- packing up cds to send out to people you know yeah. um, to pre-order them which is really nice it's really nice that so many people pre-ordered the album yeah but uh gosh it's been a it's, it's been <laughs> really i should have i should have had the pre-orders out earlier to be honest but i i couldn't i couldn't physically do it
1: yeah but what what what, what, what was stopping you from doing it
2: Oh, all well, the other things I was doing, which are all equally urgent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh, what's up, Penny? By the way, it's, uh, welcome in, buddy. Uh, I've been told that some insurance companies are denying payment if someone dies of COVID and wasn't vaccinated. I, I could, I could, I could see that. I could see that happen. I also saw that they were trying to introduce a bill saying that it's Medicaid for all if you're vaccinated, <laughs> which seems really really divisive. But hey, whatever. Um yeah, so so with with admin and stuff, is that something that you that you actually enjoy doing? Do you enjoy that part of it?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I hate it. Um and if I could afford to have somebody do it for me, I would, you
1: know. Oh my God. I
2: I've tried working with agents, mm-hmm. you know, for handing over the booking and basically you know no agent can keep me as busy as i can keep myself you Mm -hmm. know yeah because mainly because it's not worth it's not worth their bother it's worth an agent's bother to uh to to chase up you know a couple of really good paying gigs Mm -hmm. you know but you can't just when you're touring you can't just go and do um you know three really good paying gigs that are miles and miles apart in different parts of the country and that are days apart you've got to you've got to get stuff to get you from one place to another and sometimes you have to take a, a gig that's midway between two other gigs that doesn't pay as well but it's better than spending money on a hotel right and uh you know and when I, and it's worth my trouble as a musician to go and research that and to like in the USA what I always do if I if I have like a you know a Tuesday night when I've got to get from one place to the other um I figure out what you know what's the midway point and then I look for a library. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I do a lot of gigging libraries during on weekdays in the States wow, that's... most libraries have these like it's really great. I wish they did more here. A couple of them do but yeah, you you, you get um, libraries have like cultural programs and it's usually free concerts. Yeah. So, for the local community, it's really lovely that they do it and they generally pay a decent enough fee. And it's usually like a show at, you know, six o'clock in the evening on a right. Tuesday,
1: which is perfect, <laughs> right? Also like, you're
2: gonna find that, yeah. So, so it's so, you know, me booking my own tour in the States, it's worth my while to go and look and say, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to be passing through Roanoke, Virginia. Let's see if there's a library there. Mm-hmm. What agent is going to do that? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's interesting. Um, that, I, that's a really great, great uh, bit of advice there is, uh, is, is, is um, libraries. Think outside of like coffee shops and, and, and bars and, and stuff like that library is a great place to to check in and it's, that, that's great and they pay you a decent fee which is this needs to happen decent... <laughs> um have you ever done any like these um these living room shows
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love house concerts too yeah. i mean I, I play every different venue you can think of i play i play in theaters you know i i play in little art centers mm-hmm. kind of places i play in music venues i play in churches Community centers, um, village village halls over here in England. You get yeah. these lovely village halls, which are really nice. They're one of my favorite kind of gigs here, um, because they're usually in kind of rural areas, uh-huh. and basically everybody comes out. Yeah, because the there's whole something town in the village hall, you yeah. know. And they, yeah, the whole town. Comes, yeah, and it's just, there's something on in the village hall. You're going to yeah. see your neighbors. It's going to be fun. There's usually there's usually a potluck. You know, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and, I love and, uh, that. Yeah, and I I really like that. um, But I I love I love doing this. Somebody asked, um, what's what's my favorite venue? Yeah, I mean, I have to say I love playing in theaters best. Uh I love being on a stage. you've got lights on you and the lights are changing for every song and it's just there's a whole atmosphere that gets set up and it's nice for the audience too Mm -hmm. when they can when they're getting a whole show you know whereas they see me in the library I could be under fluorescent light (laughs) and and it's six in the evening and there's probably not much of an atmosphere but they still get to hear the music and it's usually free for them to hear it and then maybe if they like what they hear maybe they'll get on my mailing list and come hear me when I'm in a in a theater the next time I'm passing right. through. So it's all good, you know? Um, house concerts can be lovely and they can be um, really amazing. I mean, I man, there's a there's a house concert I've played a few times in, in Memphis. And uh, there were, I think, the, you know, there can be like 100 people in the audience. You know, yeah. it's mad. Um, this is we're talking big houses, you know, some of these wow. house concerts and, uh, you know, and you generally get fed and put up and and you usually make more money at a house concert than you would at a music venue, because most people who come to house concerts, they expect to pay kind of, you know, a good $20 a head and they don't balk at that because they're getting to see an artist they really like up close and personal. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then all of that generally goes to the artist, whereas if you're playing in a music venue, the music venue legitimately has to take some of the yeah you know, some of the gig money because they've got they've got expenses and overheads and they've got to pay staff and everything like that. So I don't begrudge them that, yeah. uh, and I certainly would never want to stop playing in music venues and only do house concerts. But house concerts can be a really really good thing. I think it's good to have a mixture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, during the pandemic, did you do any? Um, did you do any of the live streaming gigs that were going around?
2: Not really. No, I did. Um, I did uh, a couple of things whereby, like, I would I would record a performance mm-hmm. and and send it in.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I really wasn't keen on the idea of live streaming, um, partly because if it goes wrong, you know, if you get dodgy internet or whatever. It can be such a disaster. And then also I just didn't think I'd be able to perform my best if I was performing to a screen,
0: mm.
2: you know, yeah, I, I really need that live audience to make it happen. And that was part of the reason for doing the album, doing the St. Burian sessions mm. was that it gave me really good quality video content that I could put out on YouTube. And I was doing live online premieres for each of the videos as they came out and that was really nice cuz i could interact with people and actually you know chat away with them uh, you know in the in, in the chat part of the video when i when i was premiering them right. and and that was a nice way of kind of keeping in touch with, with people but uh, gosh it's been nice to actually get out and do real life gigs i mean it, this summer i had a, I had a few gigs this summer uh, and it was just so wonderful to be out performing live again i can't tell you it was amazing
1: yeah, I I am with you. I'm with you. I've been I've been playing a little bit more lately, and it is nice to be out. And it seems like people are really appreciative. You know, have um, have you ever heard of Twitch? the the We're we're streaming right now on Twitch. Have you ever heard of this platform before?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never. I didn't. I've never done anything with it. This mm-hmm. No, but, it's really
1: um, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, when 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 we're talking about live streaming music like I, I would suggest to you and you know you can do this or not but but I would suggest for you to go on to Twitch and check out the music category and there are so many wonderful players and people are here making real money um and the audience as you can see there's an audience here you know and they and they sort of interact and they throw out their little emotes and stuff um I, I've been telling everybody who's you know who's been dealing with the pandemic and stuff and, and you're on your way back out on the road. But the but but like with Twitch, it's a really interesting um, it's a really interesting platform for live streaming because it's such a high quality. Like you can really, really focus in on the nuance of of high quality streaming and whereas, you know, if you're at a bar or something and people are watching TV or watching the game or whatever and you're just sort of supposed to be there to keep people drinking. You know, there, there, you, you get lost in the shuffle, right? You're just sort of background music. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I
2: don't do bar gigs. <laughs> you don't do
1: bar gigs? No. no. Do, do you? Uh, why? I'm, I'm just curious.
2: I just, I just need an uh, an audience to be to be listening Att- in the attentive. shows that I do. Also, also because I do. I generally my shows are either ticketed or they're or you know if they're like in the library a lot of the time they're free uh-huh. but um, but they're they're still they're listening audiences they're seated audiences that are there to to hear the music right and... it's
1: not it's not a place where people are just congregating to get laid or watch the show it's like yeah <laughs> and
2: I, and I don't think it would be really fair on the venues that I do play mm. that are charging money for tickets you know and. And you know that are that are that have running costs and things like that when right. I theater shows and music venues and so on when I'm playing in those places um, if I were to be playing in a in a bar up the road where anybody could wander in and just see me, in the background while they were having a drink then why are they going to buy a ticket to see me in a theater you yeah. know so it's not really fair on the theaters either
1: i'm, I'm sorry maybe i'm just maybe i'm just not familiar are you, so you're able to sell out theaters and stuff like that you have a uh, you cool have theaters yeah that's awesome that see um, I, I didn't realize that so do you have a bigger um do you have a bigger following in europe then
2: probably yeah, yeah. i think my biggest following would be would be in um in europe
1: that's awesome. But
2: you know, I can get good audiences everywhere depending <laughs> on how well it's, the show is promoted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I I remember um I remember going to do a gig in Wales one time and as soon as I started driving into the town, it was just a town, a relatively small town in Wales, but as as we were driving into town, we started seeing, you know, those little Placards that people put out on the road, little wooden signs, laminated with a laminated poster saying, you know, appearing at the such and such. And it was—I'm um, trying to think—the think gig was in a hotel, actually, if I recall rightly, it was a function room in a hotel. But this promoter had put it on. The promoter had so done their job, and everywhere you went in the town, there was a poster for my gig. And the gig was sold out, and it was standing room only, and people were standing out in the in the hall looking in, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice when that happens, and it just shows that if, if somebody local on the ground is actually making the effort right. to put the posters up and talk up the show and get local press coming, you know, covering it, you don't have to be a household name to sell out a gig,
1: yeah.
2: you know, And yeah. then I can go somewhere else and there's five oh, I did a gig once. Oh man, I did a, a gig once in Portland, Maine. For for one guy and a dog,
1: <laughs> were they a good audience? Yeah, yeah,
2: they were great. Oh, that's <laughs> you bought
3: great. every CD I had.
1: Um, <laughs> well, that's good. But, uh, you know, it was an all request show, but uh, yeah, it was all request. You know, I love, but you know what? Sometimes those shows can be fun. No, I, I, my wife is. I think she is at that same point in her career where she, uh, where she's like, I'm done with bars. Like, I can't deal with it, especially after the pandemic and. And we found our way on Twitch and other f- ways. And so we're not dependent on gigging. And, and bars are grueling. They can be grueling. They can be awesome, but they can be
2: grueling. No, they can be great. I mean, I used to, when I, when I um, lived in Ireland, I I used to have a regular gig at a, at a pretty rough bar actually called <laughs> the bridge in Wicklow town. Love it. And, uh, and I, I liked it cause I, you know, I knew what I was in for when I played there. Um, you know it was and I could try out new material and you know mostly it was going to be really noisy but in that environment if there was somebody up at the front of the stage really listening then you knew you'd really done something good
0: right
2: Um, and you know and then it was quite entertaining I mean I was perfectly safe on stage but every single time I played there like fights would break out and you'd see (laughs) bouncers kind of making a path through the crowd it was always packed that place and You know, this some kicking and screaming guy would be carried out by a load of bouncers, and everybody would just keep drinking. And you know, it was uh, good time. I mean, they didn't they didn't actually have chicken wire in front of the stage, but maybe they should have. You know, (laughs) it was that kind of. It wasn't Blues Brothers, Uh,
1: but it was close.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was close. It was close. And I used to I used to quite like playing there because again, it kind of like I felt like. I can do whatever I want on stage. Cause you know, most of these people aren't even listening yeah. and the few that are, are really into it. And that's great. But the reason I won't do that now is just again, because it's not fair on a place up the road that's trying to sell tickets for my gig.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, if you're able to play a theater, why would you want to play a bar? <laughs> like, it's just not, you know, unless it's like a bar venue that's made for music, but like, mm. Those pubs where you're just sitting up in the corner, you know, just buried in the corner behind all the ruffians and stuff. It's just, it's not. Yeah, I no, me, me and my wife are about on that same level here. Although I'm a, I'm a keyboard player, and so I, I can, I, I go out and I'm a hired gun. So like, I'll go do those gigs just because money's fun. But uh, other than that, it's like, I don't want to do any of my own personal stuff in bars. I don't like it. I don't drink, you know, so it's like it, its just the—the—the the, the atmosphere is not right. And then plus, people just want to like come and talk to you, like be in your space. And it's nice to talk to people. But have you had any moments where you're just like this drunk guy is like way too close to me, and I wish he would not. Oh, big be? time, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember, and uh, you know, and that was at a. I mean, I remember one time particularly, and that was in a music venue. So okay, there was a bar, but it was a you know it was right. a K- music venues in in Boston, actually. Uh, And, um, and, and the sky was just looming over me. And in, in the end, I'm lucky I have Martin, my manager with me all the time. And he had to basically just interpose himself between me and this guy. You know?
1: How <laughs> are you doing, sir? Guy. How I can I help to, you? Yeah,
2: I was just backing away and backing away and backing away, and this guy was just getting closer and <sighs> closer and looming over me.
1: That's terrible. So you you travel with your manager? Yeah. How, how big and is
2: your... And he's also my sound engineer. Ah, so.
1: okay. So is it just you and Martin, or do you... It's
2: just me and Martin, yeah. He does all the driving, uh, tour management, deals with all the logistics... Um, gets between me and weird drunk guys, and um, and uh, and he runs the sound as well. Wow. And and because of what he does with the live looping and stuff, he's kind of almost basically a, a a band member who works from behind the sound desk. Is is how I think of it.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. That oh, that's awesome. So you guys do that live. So he'll be looping your vocals live, and wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's. um I, I really dig that. I really dig that uh, that you take a whole production with you, even though it's just two people, but it's a production nonetheless, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's more than most <laughs> most singer-songwriters take out on the road with them. Most people just have their PA, and they're just going, but it's nice that you have a whole a whole system. Um, there was a song talked about before the interview started. Oh, to Billy Joe. Yes. I don't remember which song, but yeah, okay. If you could play her version. Sorry, I was on a dog walk. Yeah, I think we could do that, uh, if Sarah yeah, doesn't mind. There's
2: no video of me doing Ode to Billy Joe, unfortunately, because it's not on the new album. It's on a, an album I did way a long time ago. It was way back in, um, oh, man, 2008 I recorded that song.
1: Um, and w- what album is it on?
2: It's on I Won't Go Home Till Morning. I won't
1: go home till morning. Yeah, I was I
2: was pretty impressed that you'd done your research that you knew I'd done a version of Ode to Billy Joe because that was a long time ago. That album I did it on, you know.
1: Well, I try, <laughs> I try, I tried it. To... Well, I mean,
2: I'd expect you to know about the new album. I just wouldn't expect you to necessarily know about my my whole back catalog. So I was impressed.
1: Well, I I'm glad I was able to impress you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where I just listened to it. How did that? Where is it? Uh, What was the name of the album again? I'm so sorry. The album is called I Won't Go Home Till Morning. Oh, there it is. Okay, here we go. Okay, we'll play a little bit of this so uh, Deuce can get a a little taste. Get a little taste, yes. All right, here we go.
3: It was the 3rd of June Another sleepy dusty delta day I was out chopping cotton And my brother was bailing hay We stopped at dinner time And we went up to the house to eat And Mama hollered at the back door Y'all remember to wipe your feet Today Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge What well, Papa said as he passed around the black idea Billy never had a lick of sense past the skills please There's five more acres in the lower forty that I got to plow And mama said it was a shame about Billy Joe anyhow Nothing ever comes to no good upon Chactau McAllister's to Tallaghache Bridge. His brother recollected how he had Tom and Billy Joe put a frog down my back. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. I love that you have a cello in there, too. That's awesome. Um,. You know, like uh, one of the things I really dug about your new album is that you have um, you have songs where you just sing a cappella. You have a song where you're playing just a drum, and and, and you're singing. It's very minimalist. And um, you know, I'm, you know, listening through your catalog, you know, that's it's usually just you and the guitar. But was there a um, was there a intended change or an intended transition that you were trying to do from the last album to this album the to from the last album to uh, Burien? Uh, was there a was there something that you were trying to transition into? Was there a, um, were you trying to be more minimalistic? Were you trying like was there something that you were trying to do different? Obviously, you're doing a live album in a church, but was there something that, that you were trying to do different, that you are trying to put forth in this album.
3: Oh, here, let me hold on. I'm so
1: sorry. Let me let me pause this because everything's all connected. Okay, all right, go ahead. Okay. We're back. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah.
2: What I what I really wanted to do is is capture what people see and hear when I do a live show. Ah. So I always. Perform solo. I don't tour with a band, mm-hmm. um partly because oh, somebody says any inspiration from Carol King? Yes, big time. <laughs> total inspiration from Carol King. I worship the ground she walks on. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, yeah, wonderful songwriter, wonderful singer and performer. anyway, um yeah, i i I always perform solo and I play a bunch of different instruments. I play acoustic guitar, electric guitar, piano, drum. Uh, and then, as he mentions, and I'm singing a cappella. Mm. So, you know, it's it's pretty varied the evening. But um, I always, I've, I've on my studio albums, I've always had guests, mm. and and I love having guests on my albums. But the songs, when I do them live, because I'm doing them solo live, they're always a little bit different. And and a lot of the songs have kind of evolved since I originally recorded them. Um, so I really wanted to have a record. Literally. Of, it's on vinyl too, by the way. Hey. Um, yeah, limited edition numbered blue vinyl, yeah. oh, double LP.
1: Watch that. Very out. cool. <laughs> that's awesome. But
2: uh, gotta love vinyl. But All right, I wanted to just capture that, what, what the songs are when somebody comes to a gig of mine and they see me on stage singing and playing. I wanted to get that on an album.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's... That I think you did it rather well. Oh, look and look at this. You can actually oh, see it. it. Here is, <laughs> oh, cool. Here is the here is the my Bandcamp page. <laughs> your Bandcamp page, but it ha- oh, I couldn't see the vinyl.
2: Oh, you I can. I just, it's it's there. You cl- click right there, and it's right at the top of the of of the. If you click there, mm-hmm. and then go right into the top, you'll see it. Yeah, the vinyls. R- just below by digital album, the next link down is the
1: vinyl. Oh, I see. <laughs> if you
2: click on the link for the vinyl, then you oh, can click oh, on it. Duh. You can zoom in Learn. on those pictures. There you go.
1: It takes me some time. It takes me <laughs> some time. I'll get there, though. There you go, guys. This is this is the new album, and, um, and I definitely suggest. And, and you got it on a double LP, so you know the sound quality has to be pretty maxed out on that thing to uh and 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 plus the the album has what like 15 16 songs on it 15 songs
2: and then there's a bonus track which is number 16
1: there you go a bonus track now is the bonus track Mm. is that on the vinyl
2: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's oh, on everything. It's, okay. it's on the CD as well, but it's okay. kind of a hidden tra- track. There's a little bit of a pause before it. Oh, uh, I love and then those. It's really kind
1: of a little, a little surprise. <laughs> I used to love those all the time, man. They're um, really good albums that did. Like, uh, what was the one for me? It's probably going to be different for you, but for me, it was Tool had one. Uh, Green oh, yeah. Day, Back had one. He had an album. I think he had a couple albums that had secret songs on it. I love that. Is, is there any uh, artist that inspired you for this, for the secret song type thing?
2: Um. Well... <laughs> I remember the first album I ever had, which I still have on 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 vinyl, first album I had with it with, with kind of a hidden track was uh, Country Joe and the Fish. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's
1: cool. There you yeah, you go. That's, I, that's it's, way well, I I didn't know that they did that on vinyl, honestly, because like I was always yeah. I didn't know that that's probably where it started, right? There was probably mm. they they so so the idea of yeah, the
2: needle kind of travels across for a bit and mm. then it's like
1: Oh, oh there's something else there's there more... and it's usually a bit of craziness you know so mm-hmm. yeah is there any other uh albums that you know from from those times that that do that
2: oh yeah i mean they... oh i'm pretty sure I, I i'm pretty sure there's at least one beatles album that mm-hmm. has some class of a hidden track on it it was yeah. I it was pretty common thing back in the day that I people see. would do it. Yeah, a hidden track at the end of the album.
1: I didn't realize that that was a common thing. I just thought that you know, I mean, I, I I came into music when CDs and tapes were big. So like, on at the end of a CD, they would just have this big long pause, and then all of a sudden, you know, you would just be like cleaning the house or something, and all of a sudden you hear this crazy thing start playing. Like, what is this? And then you go see it's a whole nother song on the same album. So. I didn't realize that that was something that was started um, that that was back back even further back then. Blank IPs yeah. did it too. Um, we got a couple questions here. Uh, do you speak any other languages? Cartagena wants to know.
2: Yeah, um, funnily enough, Spanish was my first language, but I don't really speak it very well now, well, practically at all. I can understand it a lot, but I um, but I I've kind of basically forgotten the language. Mm. But I was my father was Spanish, and I was born in Spain, and i it, I did start out speaking Spanish before English. Oh. and then um i I speak pretty good French because I lived in France for a year and and through touring in the Netherlands and Germany, I've learned to speak bits of Dutch and bits of German
1: mm. okay so so and i've I've tried to learn
2: Italian too, yeah <laughs> so, I, I, try so. And,
1: try and, I like languages so nothing fluent other than english i speak pretty fluent french french okay okay so french fluent french and then a little bit of dutch and german is that what you said yeah okay well there you go that's more than me uh what does the vinyl say backwards <laughs> get vaccinated yeah, that
2: needs to be such a thing yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah that, that that was funny though like what they were saying like who was that who was it Ozzy's albums it, or Black Sabbath it, it was
2: it was the, it wasn't the Beatles album that if you t- played it backwards it said Paul is dead or Paul something is dead.
1: <laughs> did you ever buy into that that conspiracy theory that Paul Paul was dead they died a long time ago and that 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 was a uh a double did you, no have you, ever, <laughs> did you, have you ever heard of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. That there was a whole documentary done on it. It's which is really interesting. Is it Helter Skelter Bonnie? It was. It probably is. They would know. Um, do you have a favorite song that you've written? Um, gosh, that's
2: a, that's a tough one. Um, mm. it's it, it's really it's like it's like a child. Yeah, know? I know. What,
1: which <laughs> which child book, yeah. is your favorite, Sarah? If, yeah, just pick one. <laughs>
2: yeah i am pretty fond of the tug of the moon which is one of the ones on the new album um you know and and it's not necessarily everybody's favorite but it's just kind of my favorite um partly because i don't know where it came from it's one of those songs sometimes you write a song and you feel like it just was given to you you know Mm. you 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 kind of go whoa how did i do that you know
1: right yeah
2: and uh yeah and the tug of the moon is is kind of one of those and it is it is on the on the on the new album
1: um the tug of the moon i'm trying to find it but I, but the I, video of it isn't out yet
2: unfortunately that's a shame i i can't
1: find oh there it is i i, I just yeah. want to play a little bit Yeah, you can play just, a little. just a little bit so this is uh this is her favorite song on the album or so far I don't- beautiful yeah i mean the that just listening in my headphones to that reverb is just i'm just so stuck on that reverb that natural reverb is gorgeous my god one of the songs that stuck out in my head that i really really connected to and um i I, (laughs) and i actually think about it myself a lot is yellowstone and you know it's sort of this song about how you're your son your 10 year old is like fixated on this idea that yellowstone one day is going to well please will you just sort of describe the song for us i'm i'm, I'm not I'm, i yeah, won't sure. do it justice at all so and
2: and you do have video of that so oh, actually you can you Maybe. can play a bit of the video if you like sure. but yeah um, the way the way <sighs> the song came about was was my um my son was uh was worrying, he was lying awake at night worrying about different things. And I said to him, Why don't you write down your worries? And then they can be in the paper and they don't have to be in your head anymore. And um, and so, of course, then I had to look at what he'd been worrying about. And, and one of the things was the volcano under Yellowstone. And well, yeah, you can hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it.
3: Let's have a listen to it. He's scared. I'm sorry. Oh. When it does, it could set ten years old. My son can't sleep. He's ten years old. He's scared Gosh. that Yellowstone will blow. And when it does, it could set off a mighty chain. Trigger that eventuality, and he looks back at me. He says, I thought.
1: I love that little run you do in there. Did you have to do this one a couple times, or did you hit it the first time? Oh, I think you're still muted. Well, Sorry. I'm, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> That's totally Muted, so
2: I wouldn't cough over the. Um, yeah, you know that. I remember when I was when I was learning that little run. I I just had to spend about. Um, and, I mean, I've I've been performing that song live for a long time now, mm-hmm. so the, that run is in my fingers now. Wow. You know, I just I don't have to think about it. But uh, when I was when I first um, was uh, was working out the song, uh, I, I I just had to do that over and over and over and over <laughs> yeah. and over and over again, which is the only way. I mean, it's the only way it's any, any kind of music if yeah. you're trying to do some kind of complex little finger work you just have to i call it getting it into my fingers yeah. you know, you just have to do it so many times yeah that it's in your fingers
1: yeah people that's that's i think that's the part that people don't like is the the repetitive nature of it it's just like i don't want to sit here and do that over and over again my fingers hurt <laughs> it's like well I yeah, guess you, you don't it yet. yeah well it's like if well if you don't like doing this then you're probably not going to want to do this for a living or anything so um that, no that song is uh is really powerful I mean just the concept itself is that I mean was your son ever able to get past that does your I mean is that something that uh, he thinks about a lot still or I mean because that's a, that's quite a big concept to think about as a child, especially as a 10-year-old, like the idea of of death, you know, and and darkness and um, you know, mass extinction, really. So is he past that? Is that something that he thinks about still, or...
2: Well, he's not so worried about Yellowstone now cuz he's got lots of other things to worry oh, about. Yeah. He's 18 Corona. now. Oh, he's my in God. college. And he's no. trying not to get COVID, yeah. you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is that something that you think about? Do you think about I mean, I mean, it's hard not to think about mass extinction when we're going through a pandemic. But I mean, Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean Yellowstone's the least of our worries. Yeah, yeah. Climate change. Yeah, yeah. Pandemic. You know, yeah, nuclear the <laughs> weapons. There's so many things that can wipe us all out. Take your
1: choice. Right. I guess I guess the I guess the sort of the theme that we can kind of take away from that is like, well, it's out of our control. So what are we gonna do? I mean, you know, climate change is something we could take small steps into, just doing our own little thing that we can help out in. But you know. For the most part, all these horrible things like if if, if Yellowstone decides to explode, um, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. All we can do is just sort of roll with the punch and see what happens. Um, I don't know, is that do you think about these kind of circumstances a lot, or is that something that you've sort of just put out of your mind and 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 and, and, and cause cause I fixate on this stuff. Quite often, really. It's it's probably unhealthy amount, but uh, I'm just curious. Do you, do you fixate on death all the time, Sarah? I think a lot about death, yeah.
2: But I I, I kind of um, I don't know. I you know I'm I'm a great believer in in kind of living your life with the awareness that you could die at any point. You know, yeah. so just be always asking yourself the question. You know, what if? What if I'm going to die tomorrow? Am I am I pleased with what I'm doing? You
3: know? yeah. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I guess I don't know. What 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 would you say if, if you were dying? Would you would you be pleased with what you're doing? If you were to die, <laughs> if you were going to die and you knew you were dying, would you be pleased with the life you lived? Yeah, yeah. That's
2: great. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I would prefer not to be spending so darn much of it on admin, you
3: know, and
2: answering emails <laughs> and trying to keep up with social media and stuff like that. Oh, but God. as far as what I'm doing in my life, yeah. um, playing music and working on music and and touring and doing gigs and entertaining people, I think that's uh, I'm happy with spending my life that way. I think about this stuff a lot because for a long time I had a a job which I really hated and and I wasn't happy with my life at that point um, because I just felt like what if I die next week and I've spent all this time just working so so at least the admin has the benefit that it helps to make it possible for me to go out and do gigs and make people happy that way you know.
1: if you don't mind what 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 were you doing before you decided to be a full-time musician?
2: Ah, i was working um as a as a journalist um for a magazine contract publishing house so it wasn't any kind of good noble journalism it wasn't like you know <laughs> <Good noble. laughs> um i don't know exposing the watergate tapes or something it, yeah. was, it was it was journalism that was basically providing content for advertising to be sold opposite mm-hmm. yeah. i mean that's all i was doing right. it was just stuff to put on the page that they could sell ads beside. Right. And a lot of the time, the stuff I was putting on the page was had to be determined, you know, by what ads they were selling. It was just all about selling stuff, really. Yeah. And it was just so deeply depressing. And I was miserable in that job. Wow. Do you... And uh, I, I was so so glad when I finally got up the courage to quit and just become a full-time musician. I'm a lot poorer now. <laughs> I'm in debt <laughs> up to my eyes, you know. But, well, not up to my eyes. I'm in debt way over my head. But, you know, it's okay. It may, maybe I'll write that hit single and it'll all be okay. You know, you never Yo,
1: know. That's why I tell my wife all the time. She's like, should we buy this piece of equipment? And I'm just like, yes, I don't care. Like, I we, I, we will, like... I don't care if we go broke investing in ourselves. I just don't want to invest in anybody else at this point. That's all. It's just like if we're going broke investing in ourselves, then I believe in us, you know, and 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 I don't want to do anything that we're doing for anybody else. Um, <clears throat> it's always interesting to me what is the final straw and what is the thing that, that made that switch? Like w- – it, you know, like, was it one instant? Was it a collection of incidents? Was it just, you know, was everything just building up and you just had to get out? What What was the final straw that was like, I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to do music full time?
2: I'm loving the comments, by the way. I'm reading them <laughs> as they're coming up on the screen. Always it's buy equipment. <laughs> Thank you, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I just was getting more and more miserable and mm-hmm. I got to a point where... I was crying every day in the car on the way to work. I had kind of a long commute to work, and which was another like hellish thing. I used to, I used to think about the amount of hours of my life every year that I was spending just driving to and from work, and that was really depressing. And uh, you know, and then just the meaningless of of the work I was doing, and it just really got me down. And and. I'd, I'd get in the car and start driving to work and start crying. And um, it was my husband who said, uh, well, look, why don't you just give up the job and just go back to playing music and just do music for your job? And I said, but if I did that, I'd have to tour. You know, I can't, the kind of music I do, it's it's. I'm not gonna get a local gig, you know, yeah. it's gonna have to be touring. And, and he said, well we probably see more of you than we do now because that was the other thing about that job it was very demanding and i used to work really long hours and uh yeah um i was always having to bring work home and you know get the kids into bed and then sit down and work some more and uh wasn't getting to spend any time with the family whereas once i became a full-time musician and started touring yeah i'd be away for weeks at a time Mm -hmm. touring but Then when I was home, I'd be home home. and able to, you know, give them my attention. So yes, yes, kudos to him. Thank you for the person who said that. Yeah, (laughs) really. I couldn't have done it without him, and and without knowing that he was there at home looking after the kids. That was the other thing, you know. I could totally depend on him to, to, to do a good job with them while while I was away.
1: What does your husband do?
2: He's an artist and uh, and works as a studio technician at an art school as well.
1: Oh wow, cool! So it's just a little artsy family. Is is your kids? Is your any of your children pursuing any arts?
2: Yeah, 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 big time. Although. my uh, my older child uh, Eli, the one that I wrote Yellowstone about, um, he's um, he's studying archaeology and anthropology now, but he's That's still nice. putting up drawings. On I just I just saw him. I got a flash up notification there. If you saw me look away, he, he just put up another one of his drawings on Instagram, Aww. which is great, you know, because he's away and. at at university and i'm like uh oh good he's still alive he's still
1: (laughs) he's really good at drawing (laughs) us all that he's just put up there so that's so wonderful it's so nice how was your transition um going from uh, so so i want to kind of stick on this transition point in, in your life choice here um what was that uh was it um how was that transition for you from working full-time being a de- you know at a demanding job that you absolutely loathe and then and, and then going into you know playing music how was that transition was it a easy transition was it difficult was it filled with peril I, I don't know what how was it for you and your family oh
2: I just I just wished I'd done it years <laughs> before. But you know you can't you can't have regret about these things cuz yeah. you know maybe if I had done it worked years before it wouldn't have worked out so well yeah. so and, you know. And why didn't you, you have it? to
1: w- why didn't sorry? you do it? why 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 hadn't you pursued it up to that point?
2: Fear yeah. um and and also lack of belief in myself mm. um thinking I I I didn't it, we, 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 I'll tell you what what um what actually spurred me to do it, um, besides besides crying in the car on the way to work, um, what happened was that well, um, right, I had see years before I'd written this guitar book all about the tuning that I play in uh, oh, Dad dadgad d yeah. a d g a d, and I'd written this book which was which is still out there in print. It still sells worldwide. Oh, that's um, awesome. Which is pretty amazing for a book that's been out for what twenty five years. Wow. And um, what's the name of the book? It's called the Irish Dad Gad Guitar Book, because when I wrote it, I was still living in Ireland and still playing mostly trad Irish music. So that, that's what the book is about. But uh, anyway, um, people knew I'd written the book. And every now and again, somebody would offer me a gig and and I would say no to the gig because I hadn't played guitar in years. Like I didn't when my kids were little, I didn't take up my guitar out of its case for about five years wow. and completely forgot how to do everything. And, and then I would say no to things and I'd really regret them. I regret, regret that I'd said no to them. And so before I'd quit my job, while I was still working, I got offered um, a job presenting a workshop with uh, a really wonderful guitarist, um, big hero of mine, a Scottish guy called Dick Gohan and uh, at a guitar festival in Sligo. And I thought if I say no to this, to the chance to you know co-presenting something with dick because they said oh yeah dick knows your music and he's he's really excited to meet you and he's very happy for you to give this workshop together with him and i was like, wow. if i turn this down i'm just going to be kicking myself for the rest of my life so i got the guitar out of its case for the first time in five years and started practicing and trying to relearn stuff <laughs> and um and went and did it and and uh dick said to me after after we'd done the workshop you know i played a few songs and stuff as part of it and he said oh gosh you're you're even better than i realized why aren't you out playing why aren't you out touring and i said oh i don't think there'd be any market really for what i do you know it's all kind of you know fairly low-key and you know would i get any gigs and he said you would (laughs) you should and i thought well if somebody of that caliber believes in me um then then maybe i should go ahead and give it a go and and that's what that's what really gave me the courage to finally do it
1: wow that's amazing to have like someone that you care about or, or respect so much have you you know give him giving a blessing not only giving you his blessing but like encouraging you to go out and spread it and spread your message and i i, I love that i love those stories and like that's I love those moments, too, where people are, like, getting that kind of encouragement because, you know, sometimes people hear that stuff when they really need it. You know, sometimes they hear it when they're, like, about to quit or they're just at their wits' end, and then someone like that comes in and is like, hey, maybe you should think about this. You're really good, blah, blah, blah. And it's that little push that keeps them going. And There's so many comedians. When you hear these comedians talk about coming up, there's so many comedians who talk about it's like oh yeah i talked to george carlin he said i was really funny and told me to keep going and it's like and, and, and i was gonna quit and then or i was gonna go shoot myself that night and but george carlin told me i was amazing so like whatever comedians are dark um uh, <clears throat> anyways um uh, <laughs> talking about encouragement okay what's up moving dutchman all right how about this um, we're, we're coming to the end of our conversation here. Um, and we got a baby Yoda interview. So baby Yoda, um, ba- we'll summon baby Yoda and we'll have baby Yoda do an interview and then we'll let our wonderful guest go today. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be the show. So let's summon baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda. Are you there? Baby Yoda. Oh, it's not over yet, La Creuse. Baby Yoda, are you there? Are you there, Baby Yoda? Are you there? Are you there, Baby Yoda? Yes! Oh, there you are! Hey, Baby (laughs) Yoda! What's going on, buddy? How are you doing today? Mm, Pretty good. Yeah, you're doing good? What'd you do today? Um, I, I just
0: finished
1: school. Oh, you finished you finished the, the the Force School? Yeah. Or Jedi School? Yoda School. Yoda School. <laughs> yeah. You're so young, and yet they have a, a school totally dedicated to your teachings. That's interesting. Uh, baby Yoda, do what? you have a question for our guest today, Sarah McQuaid? Yes. What's your favorite book? Oh well, we went over this a little bit, but we can we can we can revisit.
0: Because I see I, that you're in a
1: library, <laughs> yeah, she's in a library, huh? <laughs> it might look like a library. It's just my house.
2: I just have a lot of books.
1: <laughs> she just has but, a lot um, of
2: books. Ah. But yeah, I was just saying, my favorite book in the world is Good Night Moon.
1: <laughs> Good Night Moon. Do you remember Good Night Moon, Baby you know, Yoda? You
2: remember Good Night Moon. Yeah. Good Night Moon. Goodnight. Good night, good, good night, brush. Good night, little old
0: lady. Wish spring hush. Good night.
1: Good night, room. <laughs> good night, room. Good night, mouse. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, there you good go. Good night, nobody. Good night, nobody. Um, good, okay. night, everybody. Good, good night, sun. Good night, house. Good night, nobody. Good night, mouse. There it is. There it is. Uh, Baby Yoda. Do you have another question for t- our our guest today? Yes. Okay, go ahead.
0: What is your favorite planet?
1: What is your favorite planet?
2: You know, I'm kind of fond of Earth. This one we're on, and, and I Earth. wish people would stop despoiling it and, and 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 destroying it and you know doing bad things to it. Because I think it's a really nice planet as planets go. And I don't have any desire to go off and live on another one. So I'd like for this one to stay habitable. Nice. I think that would be really nice, baby Yoda.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Earth and 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 Sarah wants to uh, also, is hoping that people will stop making a mess of things so we can stay on it and and our kids and and your kids and your kids' kids can enjoy it too.
0: Well, my kids will probably live on the planet Uranus. Not, Not the butt Uranus, the planet Uranus. Okay.
1: The planet. The planet Uranus. Okay, so your children are going to live on Uranus. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Sarah, do you have a question for Baby Yoda? Oh, um,
2: do I have a question for Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda, I'd like to actually know what's what's your favorite book.
1: What's your favorite book, Baby Yoda? Um.
0: Well, there's a book that that ships here, here t- from. From Earth all the way to where I live. It's called The Last Kids on the Earth.
1: Oh, the Last Kids on Earth plan uh the, the, the series. The yeah. the where where the kids are fighting zombies?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh wow. That's uh that's an advanced book series. I can't believe that. That that's for like I don't know. That's for like those are that's for like 7th graders or or 6th grade space graders. 7th graders. Oh, I... well, well, baby Yoda. I mean, you I guess you're just an advanced reader then, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The force is strong with you, young one. Well, baby Yoda, thank you so much for this wonderful interview. I appreciate it. Uh is you got any last words before you uh leave? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see you later then, buddy. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, Baby Yoda. Bye. Well, that's Baby Yoda, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Hey, there he is. Of course, that was for Moving Dutchman. Moving Dutchman, thank you so much for using your channel points for another Baby Yoda interview. Another success. Another success. Sarah, uh, thank you so much for being on the show and, and for going all the places. <laughs> thank you for that woo, Raina. I appreciate you. Uh, th- is there any final words that you would like to leave us with? Is there um, any any last things you want to promote? Of course, I am putting the... Oh, thank you for those claps, your favorite today. Uh, is there a, uh, a... And, of course, I'm putting uh, the, the links for the album and for Sarah's website in... The chat and those will also be in the show notes. So anyone listening on the audio end, make sure you go and click around in the show notes and get yourself some Sarah McQuaid. Uh, Sarah, any final parting words?
2: Oh, just if you're if if you are a, a, a would be musician or artist or or anything at all. And, and you think it's something you really want to do and it's something you care about it, then go do it. find a way to make it happen. you know don't go don't go wasting your life thinking, oh well, I can't do that if it's some try and believe in it and do it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Sarah, thank you so much. and um, I, I really did enjoy our conversation today. It was It was such a lovely a lovely little talk we had today. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: Uh, Thank you, Mike. You too. My day
1: is just about over. It's nighttime here. (laughs) I got got the rest of my day. I hope you have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Well, enjoy your evening then, Sarah.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: No worries. Be well. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming. I really appreciate you coming on and telling the truth Again, everybody go and make sure you're following Sarah on all of her social medias You can find some in the show notes You can also find her website, which is sarahmcquade.com Make sure you go and listen to her new album called The St. Burian Sessions There's a link in the show notes as well that will take you directly to it So enjoy that and make sure you are out there supporting Sarah uh, and, and, and yeah, that, that's it Go do that! What are you waiting for? Go support Sarah. I'm waiting. Anyways, um, thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up this month. And uh, and we got some live streams going on. So make sure you're following us on twitch.tv slash we speak English good. We're streaming twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's about it. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I do want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I I did get my aura red. I guess I was. I'm not keeping it short and sweet. I got my aura red, and for Halloween, because this weekend was Halloween weekend for for us. And I got my aura red, and it turns out that my aura is is crazy orange, golden, and red, which just means exactly probably what you're thinking. Just like just just abrupt, fucking stress just just fucking maniac, mania, uh, but also like leadership and, 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 and counseling and all that good stuff. Um, and, and I got my chakras read too, uh, or, or I, they took a picture. So this technology is legitimate. I, I looked into it so you can take a picture of someone's energy field and it is, uh, apparently that's their aura. And um, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty legit uh, photography practice. Um, the chakras, I'm not sure how they measure that, but apparently my chakras are pretty imbalanced, except for my third eye. Now, my uh, throat chakra, which I don't know if that's what you call it, but your throat chakra, is, which is your expression, and which obviously I'm a podcaster and I talk a lot of shit, that thing is too much. So that one's a little over the top, but my fucking third eye is like this little tiny pinch point. So basically what I disseminate from that is that I take in information and I just spit out whatever the fuck, blah blah blah, 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 I just run my mouth without thinking is what I'm saying. I speak before I think, and that's just such a problem for me. So it was pretty cool to do. I am skeptical of psychics and people who can read the future and stuff because I know the nature of humanity is to, you know, survive. And part of that is that sometimes people find Uh, Find a loophole in the survival mechanism that runs our lives, and they cheat or they lie and and they make shit up. Or or, you know, like, hey, I found these golden tablets in the woods. Not you know, and now now we have fucking uh, what what do they call those guys in, in in Utah? Oh my god! See, this is my problem. This is my third eye. My third eye is might as well be my stink eye oh my god what mormons yes see yeah i'm here (laughs) that's how you get mormonism okay so um there you go but uh yeah my third eye i'm working on it so they bought me my wife made me do it by the way and she bought me like some stones that help open up the third eye and we have singing bowls, so I've been taking sound baths in the key of A because that's for your third eye chakra and it helps open it up. And then my module, and part of what I'm thinking too is that over this pandemic, I've definitely, like I started out real strong and working out and doing all this stuff. And I still work out regularly, but I mean, just not as hard as I was. And uh, I've been getting fatter, and at the beginning of the pandemic, I was just working my ass off, working my ass off, working my ass off, and now I'm just like, sort of, uh, you know, I guess I'll do it, or I'll go TikTok, and I'm just getting fatter. I'm not, my self-control isn't there. It's like, I feel like part of my third eye being so small is my lack of discipline, currently. My current discipline is terrible. I'm usually pretty good about not eating sugar. I'm usually pretty good about not eating past seven or before, you know, eleven or twelve, uh, in the in, in the afternoon. You know, like so. I I'm pretty intermittent fasting. I'm pretty good at disciplining myself. I'm pretty good at working out because I'll just, even if I don't feel like it, I'll just go. And by the time I'm there, I'm doing it. I'm I'm already doing it. Uh, so so you know like. I have the ability to get back to where I was, but I'm really gonna have to start. And I think it's gonna start with working out and really pushing myself at the gym again, because that physical strength is gonna transfer over into my mental strength, because that's just how it works, mind, body. And then I feel like that's gonna help me get back into the idea of working hard again. It's not that I don't work hard, because I do do a lot of stuff still. It's not like I just sit around, but I will take more time to watch TikTok videos. these days you know i am eating at like 10 o'clock at night right before bed a full meal so like there's a certain lack of discipline that i'm going through right now and i I need to rein it back in so that's what i'm going to be trying to do is open my third eye get my discipline back in and they also said the third eye is associated with self-talk so like if you talk about yourself in a negative way that can also have an effect on how third eye how how much your third eye is open or whatever um but you know so not being negative towards yourself being positive meditation working out eating better um you know and and making a move towards the things that i that i hate doing that are essential to this business like for instance begging people for money it's not technically begging but that's how it feels I don't like writing sponsorship letters. I don't. I don't. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And um, I just don't like that part of it. But it's the part that matters. The m- Not the most. But it's the part that matters the most if I want to survive and keep doing this podcast. You know? And like feed my family and shit. So, I mean, it's been a while since we've had a sponsor on the show. So, uh, besides Motor Studios. By the way, everybody go check out modestudios.com. And get yourself some fully embroidered American-made patches and apparel. Modestudios.com, uh, m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com. There you go. That's an oldie but goodie. Uh, so yeah, you know, I gotta get back on it. There's just some things that I just need to shore up, and I think that's what was helpful about this. Now my wife and my son both got tarot readings, or no, psychic readings and shit. And see, again, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical i feel like aura readings and stuff are more on the level just because it's like real technology and it is taking a picture of your energy field but my fucking shit is just fiery orange and red and golden and it's all encompassing it's all like in me and in front of me and i feel cloud you know like i definitely put out a lot of fucking crazy energy so i gotta rein it in i gotta you know work on this third eye but it is cool to know that like my other seven chakras or my other six chakras are pretty imbalanced in the line. So that's interesting. It's just interesting. My wife's wasn't. So she has some things she has to work on as well. I got some things I need to work on. But you know what's very balanced for her? Her fucking third eye and her throat chakra are both very balanced. Which is mind and talk. And she's just a great, you know, talker and stuff. And, and she's great teacher and stuff. So... Anyways, I thought that was really interesting. It was very, very interesting uh, to uh, to do. So there you go. There's some news. I I got longer talks than I thought. I thought I was just gonna give it, make it quick, but I guess Fridays will be quick. Uh, I'm hungry again. Why am I hungry again? I ate such a large breakfast. It was like a ridiculous breakfast. I ate fucking like four hot dogs for breakfast. That's how fucking gross I am. Okay, that's it, everybody. Talking about discipline. We gotta get our fucking shit together. You gotta st- gotta get some sleep. You gotta drink some water. All right, guys. I love you. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. We'll be back on Friday. I'll see you then. Bye.